Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Christina Kelly, Director of Communications with the American Cancer Society. Making strides for breast cancer is quickly coming up, but there's still plenty of time to get ready to participate. And Christina is here to give us our many options. We are sure to find at least one way to be involved and make a difference. And the reason to do so? Well, that is something we're going to get more details about right now with Christina Kelly. Christina Kelly, good morning. It is so great to have you back joining us once again. Thank you for having me. Even though... You know, we have this really tough subject to talk about, but there's a good reason because it's so pertinent and relevant in our lives. And that is about cancer, survival, doing what we can to battle this obnoxiousness in our life. It's a disease that it touches everyone. I mean, if it's not you, it's going to be someone you know, someone you love, um, family member, colleagues, neighbors. Um, it doesn't discriminate. So, and at all ages. Yes. Um, and some cancers are showing up earlier um, than than we've ever seen before. Colon cancer, for example. It used to be that we would ask you to get screened by age 50, but we're seeing colon cancer in younger people, and now we've reduced that screening age to 45 for the first time to be screened. So, you know, it's never um, a dull time at the American Cancer Society. And that's why we need to have all these events to really do what we can to participate, to support those that are in our life and even people we don't know, uh, to support them and being able to live, to have a good life. That's right. You know, cancer isn't cheap, not for anyone. From the patient's perspective, it's very expensive, even with good insurance. From the research you know, perspective, it's also very expensive, and they... They survive on grants and research grants that help them move the needle forward when they're studying um, how to treat certain kinds of cancers. So it costs money, and that's money that we need to get out there and, and help raise so that we can save more lives. And to set this up right at the outset, today we're here to do this in the context of making strides. Right. We have a kickoff coming up. It is August 8th. It's called Wild for a Cure, and it's going to be held at the Woodland Park Zoo this year um, from 7 to 9 p.m. We used to have breakfasts, and now we thought we would try bringing out the people after work, um, getting a chance to network and meet, um, talk about how to fundraise. Um, you know, there's all kinds of... Um, prizes and, and giveaways and silent auction and uh, swag. So we're hoping to try to get people to come out, start thinking early about putting together possibly a team to walk in the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk on October 19th at Gasworks Park. And so that gives us a ample time to create different ways, innovative ways, really fun ways to raise those funds because uh, some of us may have a little bit of uh, tension around that, a little bit of me. resistance. <laughs> <laughs> and me too. So you have some great ideas about that. You know, when I I, I love good causes and I, I'm a, you know, I love philanthropy and, and but when somebody asks me to go and raise funds, um, I, I just get cold. 
uh, you know, because the idea of going up to people and asking for money just isn't something I'm comfortable or have been comfortable doing. But I realized after being at the American Cancer Society for three years, there are a lot of easy ways to raise funds without that uncomfortable feeling. For example, I'm a, I write about wine. I've been collecting wine for 15 years. It seemed to me the easiest way for me to raise some funds was to host a wine tasting and have people pay you know, to, to come and participate. They get something out of it. They, they learn about wine, and they learn about flavors, and they learn about food and wine pairing. And I get a chance to raise money um, for strides. Uh, I have a brother who has a poker tournament every month, and I said to him, why not ask, add 10 bucks per person to your tournament and tell them it's a donation for the American Cancer Society um, for making strides against breast cancer? And he said, sure. So they're going to do that. Um, friends of mine are golfers, and they are going to put together a, a tournament where people who participate will pay a little extra. That money will go to the American Cancer Society. Um, you know, it's garage sale season right now, and everywhere I go, I see signs popping up everywhere. You could easily have a garage sale. Talk to your next-door neighbors um, on either side of you, across the street. Um, it's not only a good way to help raise funds, but you get to know your neighbors a little better, too. If there's so many ways you can monetize the things that you do every single day without thinking about it. You're going to do it anyway. So that, for me, took the fear out of raising money. I'm not going to a stranger um, to ask money, although I'm more comfortable doing that now because it's such an important and vital cause. But I'm, I'm just taking things in my everyday life that I would be doing anyhow mm-hmm. and um, adding a little extra money to it. So really, by the time I get to, to making strides against breast cancer in October, I've raised all my money just by doing things that I would normally do you know, in my life. Right. And I think everyone can, can look at it that way and do it that way. Yes. And and it's fun. It takes that sting out of asking because somehow we have that within our anatomy with some of us that it just isn't comfortable. So this makes it fun. And th- then we overcome that hurdle because we do know it's for such a darn good cause. It is. And, you know, we know that one in three people in their lifetime will see cancer. And, you know, it's hard to be, I don't want to be negative because um, we try to make it, you know, a joyful event, celebrating survivors, celebrating the cures and the treatments and everything we've come up with. But the reality is that one in three people in their lifetime will see cancer. Um, And so I do it because, frankly, I'm banking, you know, that, uh, that there might be a possibility in my future that I would see cancer. And if that's the case, I want some darn good research out there, you know, ready for me if, if, if it's going to be me. Yes. Um, if it's going to be, you know, a loved one. Um, friends, you know, I have many friends who've been diagnosed with breast cancer. So I'm banking on the future this way. And I think it's a really good way to view participating. It's not a drudgery. It is a joy for me because I know that my little, my little contribution is added to all of the other contributions. Um, I heard Jesse Jones, who's a Cairo TV consumer reporter. Jesse has stage four kidney cancer. 
And he gets up in front of audiences and he says, I don't know if it was your dollar or your dollar or your dollar, but all those dollars added together pay for the research that keeps me alive today. And that's how you have to look at it. Yes. You know, it may not, my $25 might not be a lot, but when you add it to my next door neighbor's 25 and my mom's 25 and everybody else's 25, that pays for a cancer research grant. Yes. And there's so much of that money. Also, we need to know stays right here in our community because there's such great research going on in this field in the Puget Sound area. Yeah, we fund Fred Hutch, UW. You know, we, um, the American Cancer Society is the largest grant provider for cancer research outside of the federal government. So we have a mandate. You know, we have seen cancer rates drop. We know we've had an effect. We've watched people um, quit smoking. You know, we've watched miracles happen. People who, you know, five years ago were diagnosed with something that they wouldn't expect to be alive today are still today. We call them thrivers. They live with stage four cancer, but it doesn't define them. Um, and the more that we can provide for research, the more those people can thrive because they get to try something new that, that works. And when it works, it's passed along to the next patient. And so, you know, you, you feel like you've done something for just a tiny little effort. You know, you've done something big. Right. And that's where that, that term strides really, I feel, fits so greatly. Because saying stage four cancer, you know, not that many years ago, that was really uh, pretty much a death notice. That's right. Look at this thriving with stage four. So this is what we are capable of accomplishing by whatever donation we can make. Together, it funds this research to make that a reality. Yep. You know, if I can have a garage sale tomorrow and raise 50 bucks, I know that, you know, if you were diagnosed with cancer, my 50 bucks would be added to your research. Mm -hmm. I know it's, you know, and it's important to make this real. You know, I can tell you stories of women and some men who faced breast cancer, stared it down, and beat it. I think we've had on this program Christine Olson, who, yes. um, who basically, Christine brought her kids here. She was going through a divorce and um, didn't have a whole lot of money or insurance. She heard about the Seattle Seahawks sponsoring a free mammogram clinic. So she went, and they found an aggressive cancer that if it hadn't been caught, um, she wouldn't have lived very long. Um, she is now alive and thriving and um, gives all credit to the Seattle Seahawks. But her cancer was from a genetic gene called BRCA. And I will tell you that the American Cancer Society sponsored Dr. Mary Claire King, the University of Washington researcher, who discovered the BRCA gene. That basically is a genetic marker that tells you if your chances are very high for, for getting breast cancer. So you can make some decisions early in your diagnosis. So we've funded Nobel Prize winners, um, 46, I believe, at this count, many of it early in their careers. And they've pushed the needle. They've pushed the information. And it's really important that we get that funding to them because we know around the corner there's something um, and we just have to have the funding 
to find out what it is. Because we know, again, what an impact it makes. Looking at your website, cancer.org is filled with incredible information about all sorts of statistics and events that are going on. But I think about the one that says the population of U.S. cancer survivors now grows to nearly 17 million. That's right. That's phenomenal. You know, and we see them every year at our, you know, Rally for Life, um, excuse me, Relay for Life. We see them because they do a survivor walk. And it's one of the most inspirational things you will ever see is these survivors who take a lap around a track field and they're wearing their shirts and their costumes and their families are just applauding them as they, you know, walk around the track. And it's, you know, you have luminaria bags lit up with candles with the names of people who weren't as fortunate. And it's, you know, it's inspiring. I think if anybody ever wants to feel that inspiration that helps them motivate themselves to raise some funds, go to cancer.org and look for a Relay for Life and there'll be video there that you can see. I, you know, every year I'm there and every year I hear a new survivor telling stories about how they've managed. It's the kind of courage that can bring you to your knees, especially if you've never experienced that kind of critical disease and the courage it takes to fight it and get up every day and, you know, say, not today, cancer, not today. It is so life-changing. You were talking about Christine Olson and what an impact. It's nothing we want to ever have to face, but the impact, the positive impact it's had in her life with her kids and with really being able to develop a new career. And she looks great, maybe healthier than ever, right? Yeah, Yeah, and she's getting married. So, I mean, there, you know, things happen for a reason that we don't, I think, understand. But with that, with Christine... It gave her a new look on life, um, and it gave her the energy and the motivation to go out and talk about why it's so important. Because people are, you know, being asked all the time, "Help fund this, help fund that," and you, you know, of all these nonprofits, you get overwhelmed at how many people, how many organizations need money. Um, so it's hard to know. But with the American Cancer Society, we research all cancers, every single one of them. Um, So we're kind of the granddaddy of them all. And, um, you know, it's for us going out and asking, it's because we know we have a mandate to do that. Um, It's a mission um, and a goal. And frankly, our goal ultimately is to put ourselves out of business. Yes. Unfortunately, that goalpost is still a a, Um, a little distant. But together... You know, we see these survivor numbers. We see all the progress being made, the stage four cancer survivors, you know, still living a good life. Yes, going in for checkups, but we all need to be doing our medical checkups anyway. Well, and we provide the information that will help you reduce your risks, too. Um, You know, obviously, health style or, you know, your health is very important. And, you know, the whole idea of, you know, quitting smoking or uh, alcohol intake or exercise and eating healthy. Um, We all are finding cancer at earlier stages because we've done a good job telling people this is what you need to do. Breath self-exams, you know, they're detecting early. You know, we provide good information on cancer.org to help people make choices. And 
that's had an effect on the number of survivors we have now. So we're detecting early. It doesn't mean we've eliminated it. And the fear that I have is that we get complacent and we, or we lose, we're not sure where we're going, you know, with the federal government and funding health care. So we lose momentum. And that's the worst thing that can happen because once you've stopped, once your momentum has stopped, it takes years to catch up. It would be like a researcher who suddenly takes a year off and comes back. Everything has changed, and it's just harder to build it back up again. Right. And so we need to ignore that. That's where we put the blinders on. Ignore any kind of naysayers or any kind of questionable stuff. Is Stay focused on our goal of, of wanting to be part of the solution, doing the fundraising, attending the events, participating uh, in strides when it comes up in October. But first of all, we want to make sure we get to Woodland Park Zoo. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a lot of good stuff there. Uh, there'll be a 25% off all the, the pink items that you can get yourself decked out for the day when you walk. You'll get to network with like-minded community people. I've seen lifelong friendships form um, or will be lifelong friendships form because, you know, you're coming there with the idea that you want to help and you're meeting people like you um, to help form teams. There'll be photo booth, um, lots of free strides, swag, um, lots of prizes, hors d'oeuvres, um, cocktails, but re- and a small program um, to kind of help people understand what this is about and help motivate. Um, and lots and lots of suggestions on how to raise funds so that by the time you walk, um, you will have raised, you know, whatever amount you you set a goal to raise. Um, it's also, you know, a, a time to think about bringing men in as well. Um, over the years, men have asked us, you know, I'd like to do more. And they feel a little bit helpless about, you know, what they can do other than being a good, you know, spouse or, or brother or uncle or dad. Um, and that's where we're launching this, again, this year, Real Men Wear Pink as well, so that men can stand up and, and you know, help educate, wear pink for the month of October during Strides Month, um, raise $2,500 minimum, um, and be a part of the solution. Um, you know, oftentimes I think our men stand on the side fearful um, scared, and this really helps them participate as well. So we've got some things going on that's all around breast cancer with kickoff on August 8th. You know, there'll be raffles. It's meant to be fun. You know, this is not all doom and gloom because we celebrate our survivors. They've worked hard, and they've earned, you know, the spot to be celebrated. But we also have to recognize that we're there for a cause and there for a reason. And so this helps us get organized a little early. When you come to the Wild for a Cause at the zoo, and I'm excited because I hear there's a baby giraffe, and I want yes. to see the new giraffe. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, this is to help us um, you know, get ourselves wrapped around it so that you've got enough time, you know, to put together an event or something. We're not asking you to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, like I said, every tiny little bit counts. And if you want to come and, um, you know, just donate and walk, you, you're certainly welcome to do that in October as well. And to come to Wild for a Cure, does that require any registration or just showing up? Yeah, I think that you can register. You can show up as well. 
But, you know, it'd be helping us if you could register. And you could go to makingstrideswalk.org slash seattlewa. That's makingstrideswalk.org slash seattlewa. That will give you all the information you need to register both for the kickoff on August 8th and for the walk on October 19th. Again, it'll give you all kinds of ideas between August and October that you can monetize the things that you have fun with, you know, and putting together little parties of things that you like. Um, I have another friend who is a quilter, and um, I'm going to ask her to when they get together is that they maybe they can put together a quilt, a breast cancer quilt that we can raffle off too. So right. there'll be lots of good stuff. Yes, that so very exciting. And that's all happening on August the 8th in the evening. Great, just right after work. It's just a little outside of town. Yeah. And uh, a, a great place to go on a summer evening, I think. You know, what a great event. Oh, I agree. I'm excited. It's been a long time since I've actually been at the Zoo Zoo. I've gone to concerts there, but I'm looking forward to this so I can not only, you know, hang out with like-minded people who want to just see this disease go away. But, you know, just listen to the sounds of the zoo. You know, I haven't been there in a long time, so I'm really looking forward to it. So we're talking about all the things that the American Cancer Society does, and these funds we're raising for making strides. Yeah, in general, the funds really support so much going on. And I think we touched on this last time, but this is, seems so important, the vaccine, the HPV vaccine, Christina. Yes, um, that is one of our primary things that we're planning to do. You know, our goal is to eliminate cancer, ultimately. With the HPV vaccination, if you vaccinate 10, 11, and 12-year-old boys and girls, they will not see six cancers in their lifetime. It is the anti-cancer vaccine. It's a no-brainer. 248 million have been delivered, um, you know, since 2006 successfully. You know, and there's nothing better than to say we're already on our mission because if we get this vaccination to our children, those cancers, they'll never have to face the debilitating what happens to you when you have HPV-related cancer. I met a man at a HPV conference who had neck cancer, and it was from the HPV virus. And he said, you know, anybody who's reluctant should just come and talk to me because he said there's nothing worse than telling your parent or your parents, you know, that you have a disease that could have been prevented completely. And it was a devastating disease for him. He talked about his cancer and how painful it was and how long the journey was to recover. If we can prevent that, why wouldn't we, you know? Absolutely. So, so you'll see a lot coming up in the future with HPV vaccination. You'll see it in the media. They have commercials now where there's adults looking back when they were children and saying, you know, did you know that there was this vaccination, Mom? Did you, Dad? It's a little bit of a, a slight guilt trip there, but it's effective because I've talked to people who've seen the ad and said, didn't know it, and went and talked to their pediatrician. You know, so we know that we're out there reaching for that. We want to get 80% of all children vaccinated at the right age. And they're also doing some vaccinations for older adults, too, thinking that it might lessen some of the impact that the virus could do. 
But we've got programs that are funded through our research. If you're a cancer patient and you're getting chemotherapy and radiation, radiation you have to go every single day, sometimes for a month. It's hard even if you have means, you know, to get there, asking people to give you rides. It takes part of a whole day. So we have uh, the Ride to Recovery program, and that program will get you to your cancer treatments. We have volunteer drivers, and if we don't have a volunteer available, there's vouchers that we can help. So if you're out there listening and you've got yourself or your family members that, you know, you're struggling to get to your treatments, and I will tell you that your survivorship depends on getting there, contact us at cancer.org because that's what we have available. We also, if you're coming from, let's say, Yakima or someplace, got some distance and you'll have to stay overnight, we offer lodging, free and reduced lodging, so that the financial impact is horrible anyway. Mm -hmm. But if we can lessen that somewhat by making sure that you and your family are able to stay while you're getting your treatment without having to pay for it, that's helpful as well. We have patient navigators who help patients get through the maze of insurance and appointments and What does this mean when you're first hit with it? We have a breast cancer survivor who has five children, and she knew something was bad when they asked her to come in with her husband, and and so she brought all of her children, but she called ahead and got a patient navigator to come with her. And that patient navigator sat in the lobby of the doctor's office, playing with the children, rocking the baby, helping them color and coloring books, while she and her husband listened to just a devastating you have stage four breast cancer. She is thriving today. She's watching her children grow. She believes that she's going to be there when they get married and have grandchildren because of what we do. We're raising those funds. That's why we do this, so that she can stay with her family and participate as a beloved family member, you know, as long as possible. And that's why it's important for you, me, everybody out there, you know, to to do something if you can, even if it's just a small thing. Because that's where we then see that we are the big we. The big we. Yes. Right. It's not an isolated situation, the cancer.org website and entity. It's all of us making it happen. And that is really powerful and empowering. It is. And, you know, the more I think about it, I hear these stories every day, and I'm so impacted by not only the courage that these people have, but they're out there trying to raise funds for themselves. And, you know, if there's something I can do that just, it won't take very much time, but it sure makes a huge difference in the life of someone that has cancer, whether it's breast cancer or uh, pancreatic cancer or any of the cancers that we work to find cures and treatments for. You know, the impact, what small thing that you can do becomes large in the lives of people who are fighting this. You know, anything that we can arm them with that will help them survive is not a whole lot of time on our behalf. Exactly. So let's be part of this. Let's be the big we and get started by coming out to Wild for a Cure. Yeah, you know, and it takes, if you've got a best friend, a bestie, if you've got, you know, a mom or a beloved aunt or somebody, bring them along because this whole idea, it's a three-mile walk in October. And if you can sign up early and pledge to do this, 
you know, if you've got a group of women that you hang out with and do a girls' retreat weekend, form a team. There's a contest for the most unusual and creative names for the teams. Have some fun at it while helping a very serious cause, but there's no reason to approach this with a, a gloomy approach. This should be joyful because we're saving lives ultimately. Exactly. And how powerful is that? Well, Christina Kelly, as usual, <laughs> it's so wonderful to Thank have you. you join us and give us further insights, reminders, and invitations to be part of the important solution. So thank you for all that you do for being here this morning, too. Oh, and thanks to Warren for being a, just a terrific media sponsor. You know, it's one thing to have a lot of community partners. It's another to have a community partner that actually is able to get word out for us. So we're very appreciative. And we're happy to do that. And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Christina Kelly and Sunday Morning Magazine with Chuck Petrikas. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Simply click on the podcast tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of being sensitive to each other, particularly around health issues. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.